Adura Gopalakrishnan is regarded as one of the most notable and renowned filmmakers in India. With the release of his first feature film Swayamvaram in 1972, he pioneered the new wave in Malayalam cinema during the 1970s. In a career spanning over 6 decades, Adura Gopalakrishnan has made only 12 feature films, each one a triumph of artistic merit and integrity. His movies use the language of emotions and psychology to imbue the tales of ordinary lives with the true gravity of their human burden. Along with Satyajit Ray and Mrinal Sen, Adura Gopalakrishnan is one of the most recognized Indian film directors in world cinema. For his films, Adura Gopalakrishnan has won the National Film Award 16 times next to only Satyajit Ray and Mrinal Sen. and he has also won the Kerala State Film Award 17 times. He was awarded the state honors Padma Shri in 1984 and the Padma Vibhushan in 2006 by the government of India and he received the Dada Saheb Phalke Award in 2004 for his valuable contributions to Indian cinema. Hello everyone, good evening and welcome to Carvan. I am Ishan Sharma. and with me i have a very special guest with me who has been an inspiration to not just me to, but to a whole generation of film enthusiasts filmmakers and those who like to study films adur gopalakrishnan hello sir welcome to our conversation it is truly an honor hosting you this evening uh, so sir i'll start with the conversation the first question that comes to my mind is Uh, can you speak about your early encounters with cinema and theater you know which was the first motion picture that you watched on screen and what does cinema mean to you so uh, there are too many questions in your uh, proposal so i will have to answer one by one i uh, if i remember if i heard you right you want me to talk about my early days actually i from my childhood i was very very um, closely associated with theater as such and uh, i acted on the stage at the age of i think 8 or 9 uh, in the school in the primary school in the last year of the primary school so that's how i started on the stage and then uh, slowly i started writing my plays even as a schoolboy then with my friends i used to stage those plays at home before an audience of uh, family members so very interestingly they took us seriously they, they never looked at us as a uh, child's play you know it, it, they they took us very seriously and we also took it very seriously because uh, being an actor on the stage had certain advantages you know your elders and others you know you become Uh, in those days you know children are uh, in large families with so many joint families you have so many people members etc normally children are not looked after the way uh, we are doing today they get very little attention from the elders so we have our own life and they have their life you know it was like that <laughs> so uh, suddenly as an actor on the stage whether it was in the school or in front of our uh, veranda in, in in our front veranda as an actor you know i enjoyed as very special um role that everybody was uh, 
pinned in their attention to me. That was fantastic because I became suddenly very important on the stage, attracting all kinds of attention. Uh, and uh, that, uh, that was a, a real great uh, uh, feeling I got from acting on the stage. And then stage became my real love. And I, I, of course, from my childhood, I used to watch films because my maternal language, uh, he, he, he owned a couple of cinemas in our town. So I, I had free admission to those uh, cinemas. So, um, but it, for me, I, I never thought this was anything, cinema had anything to do with me in my life because it, it was so distant from me. Because first of all, it's a very technology, uh, Based, you know, so you are you are not you don't have any any direct access to it. It's something very distant. It is fine, you know, seeing watching a film and wondering at things that you see on the big screen, etc. That's okay, but you cannot you did not associate yourself with that. So that was my early uh, connection with the cinema, you know, and I was a die-hard theater person. So even through the schools and, and I, I acted in several plays, I, I did uh, write so many plays and I, I won many prizes for acting, etc. in the school. So I, I thought that in the future life, I was going to be just a theater person. I will be a writer and actor and director for that. So that is the way the whole thing was. But uh, it was by sheer chance that I landed in Pune Film Institute. Because when, when the institute started in 61, you know, actual regular classes started in 61. So that year I did not know there was a school. 19, uh, that 61, uh, it was already started. The first year of the course was started. That, that I did not know about. But that very year in 61, I happened to see an advertisement in the papers. which called for obligations amongst other courses screenplay writing and direction. What attracted me to that particular course was screenplay writing. I imagined, you know, very naively, I imagined that screenplay writing should be very close to playwriting. So I will be, I will be studying theater academically in a very systematic way. This was what propelled me to apply for it and then go to Pune, write the uh, all the exam, exam to for entrance pass it and then appear for an interview, etc. So in those days, you had to go all the way to Pune to do that. And uh, luckily, I was placed first in my uh, interview and introduction exam and I, I got a, a merit scholarship. At that time, it should have only one merit scholarship for the whole, whole institute. So that I happened to be, I was the happy winner of that scholarship. So I, in fact, I had just before going to Pune, I was already employed. You know, as soon as I passed out of, uh, I studied in the Gandhi Gram Institute uh, in Madurai, uh, and uh, where I studied at the Rural Film Rural Institute, basically uh, with a, an orientation for social work and uh, things like that. So as soon as I passed out of that uh, institute, I got a job. This was a time when it was very, very difficult to get a government job. So I got the job and then I was very, very pleased because I was not even 20 when I got the job. It was, uh, at, for that time, it was a good pay and it was a central government job. 
so the compared to jobs in the state government central government jobs gave you a pay which is just almost double the uh, thing you will get in, in the state so it was very prestigious to be employed in the central government at that time and uh, all the same i worked there for a year and a half i was doing uh, the, as the stat, as a statistical investigator that is my job so that is collecting information on various things uh, and, and hundreds of things you know uh, this was called the national sample survey uh, even today you know they are there in the office they are always there and then also but after a year or so i told myself look you are not going to live your life uh, collecting uh, information and forwarding it to <laughs> your superiors that job you know that hardly inspired me because I, even while i was doing this job i used to come back to trivandrum where, where i had my base and then uh, you know or you know do plays here right right my my own plays and then present them on the stage etc this was going on but then i was not very happy because at, at times the job itself became an impediment in my work in the theater and i was thinking for doing some specialization in specialization in theater that was my thought so i find, i wanted to find out how, how national school of drama that was again the only school for theater uh, uh, when i found out that there all the all the tuition is done in uh, hindi so anyway i i was not planning to do hindi theater in kerala so i thought it was not a good idea to go to delhi for that so so this was the background against which i was fascinated by the screenplay writing course i was not not at all struck by any glamour of becoming a director etc that was second of it i was focused only in this writing part screenplay writing of course at the institute i came to understand that it, these are completely different things the screenplay is not your regular stage play so this i learned later it was unlearning there is a process of unlearning and uh, the institution the pune institute uh, if i had not joined there there was no question of my becoming a filmmaker particularly in 1962 when i joined uh, institute was hardly known to anyone uh, in this country there was just made it entry you know nobody nobody knew about this institute and nobody in the film industry also nobody thought that the cinema could be taught or learned in a school so the typical traditional film producers in the field they they had kind of uh, they are ignorant of course they were ignorant about it and also they never imagined they could never imagine that somebody uh, studies cinema and then comes to the field to make films so that was very uh, it was difficult even after i passed out of the institute i found it to my <clears throat> great surprise that uh, no one uh, thought that you could make films unless you apprenticed under someone some major filmmaker in the field and uh, you followed in somebody's steps you 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 have no chance of becoming a filmmaker so you will start as the as the end assistant and uh, if you are lucky in your life you may get a chance by the time you are past 50 or so so that was the system this was a system in hollywood in fact 
there was a time in hollywood when then no young people were there at the at the hem of like so the the same thing everybody else followed most of the world it was impossible to make a film uh, even with your diploma first class diploma this and that it did not been people are also did not know at the film institute you had the best training in film making it was not a just question of uh, reading theory and uh, listening to lectures because the practical hands on training uh, in, in filmmaking so this is this way uh, uh, although i was equipped with enough uh, knowledge and practice to make films it was found of no use when i returned back when i came back to kerala it was of no use so it took my hard 7 years to start my start and make my first film that was swayamara 1972 i passed out in 65 so in this 7 years because i was not uh, i was not sitting idle i i was doing i actually uh, studied every other aspect of film making in institute but then i started practicing it photographing uh, myself uh, making short films documentaries recording for them then editing them so practically everything about filmmaking uh, technically i did that was a time when i prepared myself to do my real film and later so it was also the time when i spent on uh, starting a whole movement in, in kerala called film society movement film society movement was practically something uh, Uh, that existed in big cities like Bombay, Delhi, Kolkata, even Madras had a film society. So I, we, we started it. I had some other friends of mine who joined with me. We started as a movement in Kerala and then we started encouraging uh, the friends in other towns in Kerala to start societies. We, we practically uh, lent films and also the program notes, etc. for them. so it was started as a sort of as a movement and i also even before i started making films i started writing about cinema very uh, seriously first first of all there was no serious writing about cinema in the language so um, it was a uh, in in a way it was a three pronged approach one was to make films aware of make people aware in the in, at home aware of what is cinema you know what is seen as cinema what is important what is the importance of cinema because cinema did not enjoy any status in the society cinema is looked upon was looked upon as a very inferior kind of art because it is meant for the the larger crowds the unless the crowds enjoy the film you know it has no future but generally you get the money back so everything was geared to you know preening uh, uh, the crowds gathering so i i used to write uh, I kept on writing about cinema. Uh, it was almost like uh, spreading the gospel of good cinema. That's what I was uh, doing for a long time. And uh, by 1972, finally, uh, at that time, it, there was no NFDC. There was a Film Finance Corporation, just called FFC in those days. Uh, we took a loan from one of the corporation. Loan was for a small amount. Of about uh, for lakh and a half rupees the, uh, the budget of the film was only 2 and a half lakhs so we had to raise our own uh, 
funds were this one fund back, which we did, and then that was the first film. Uh, luckily, the film went on to win the, all the major awards, international awards, uh, for the film, for the director, for the cinematographer, for the actors. So it was a, a, a big uh, event, in fact. That really, uh, one can say, started, the, the, it really made a dent in, in the people's imagination about what is good cinema. And the film also, because of the national awards, in those days, national awards meant that people wanted to see it because all the newspapers wrote about it, there are big headlines, etc. So with, when the film was released, it became a big success, a commercial success. A film which was not a commercial film became a commercial success because everybody wanted to see it. So that really started the new cinema in Malayalam because it, it was in, not in conformity with anything that, that happened before in cinema in Kerala. So it was very, very new and then it was accepted. And then uh, after that, you know, I, I took my own time, you know, to make this film because here to make this first film was a long wait of seven years, uh, etc. Long preparation also, when you can see. It's not a question of waiting for something to happen, but then all the time engaged in uh, promotion of film appreciation, writing on cinema. And I had already made enemies with my writings <laughs> in the film field because nobody uh, would like to be ridiculed for what they think are very, very important works. So that happened in India as a, as a, as a background. In fact, I had seen Vadar Panjali while I was studying in the, in, in, uh, in the Algiram Oral Institute. But I did not understand the film because it was all in those, <clears throat> in those days. There were no subtitles. So <laughs> the film looked very real. That is what attract, attracted me. It was very realistic. And uh, there were no makeup. There was no makeup used in, for any characters. The old woman looked with all the wrinkles, fantastic. You know, you are looking at real life. So beyond that, I did not enjoy the artistry of the film because I did not really follow what they were talking. I, a lot of it was missing when I saw it first. But when I joined the Film Institute, I saw the film several times. I had this uh, great man as professor of film appreciation, Sadish, Professor Sadish Bahadur. He was our professor of film appreciation and he, he made Sadir Banjali our text. So he would screen the film with music, without music, with dialogue, without dialogue, you know, all that. Even just sometimes even only the sound, not the picture. So it was threadbare analyzed. You know, uh, that uh, about you come to know about the compositions in the frames, about the cutting, about the music background score used, etc. So this was great learning. So that this was one of the films which I saw over and over again. And I have, of course, recently I've been writing because of the 100th anniversary of Sabhujitri. Also, I've been writing about him, about his films. <coughs> Thank you so much for that.
detailed answer, sir. And we will come to the point of that you mentioned the film society movement about your first film, so Yamvaram. We'll we'll talk in detail about that. But before that, you know, your first ever film uh, as the I think it was the dialogue exercise at FTII where you made your first film with uh, called Light that starred Money Call that starred Subhash Ghai Asrani and also Sudharani Sharma in the film. So how was that experience of being behind the camera for the first time? No, it's actually, it's an exercise. Uh, it's an exercise that we have to necessarily do. Uh, and uh, everybody associated with, uh, uh, with that making of the film was a student. Cameraman, sound engineer, editor, everybody was a student. So it was, uh, you, you cannot say, you know, there is excitement about it, but then it is done with all seriousness. Uh, because it was based on a on a radio play by, uh, by a very important uh, playwright whom I liked a lot. So this uh, exercise was uh, uh, based on that. Uh, but then Manikaul um, uh, much later wrote to me and said, do you, do, do you remember I was your actor? Then Subhash guy also <laughs> told me, Adu, you must be ashamed of me. I said, no, 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 I am very proud of you. You have become the king of Bombay. I am very happy. You are all my act. You have been all of you have been my actors. <laughs> so it's a proud thing. You know? Why should I be ashamed? Uh, so um, there Asrani was there, and uh, it was like that. You know, you never know who is going to be what later in your life. There are so many students uh, who made their excellent short films at the time of the. Uh, second year, finally, and they get good reviews, good uh, appreciation. But then later in later years, we don't hear about them. We don't know what happened to them. They just dissipate now. It's not a it's not a very um, welcoming industry. It's very very difficult to get through. So somebody, someone like the Subar guy, very. Very quietly, he shifted to becoming a, a director. He studied acting in the Pune Institute. <laughs> so that came to him. Anyway, that he had the taste of filmmaking as, a, uh, as an actor also, you come to learn about filmmaking in the Institute. You were part of our, the whole activity. Manikaul, the, the opposite was there. Manikaul came to join the acting post at the Institute. Uh, when I was doing my first year, he came to he and uh, Asrani, they came to, to see me because as a student, a senior, they went, came to see me. So Manikola had come to join the acting course. Later, uh, when he, I think when he met Kumar Shah and uh, maybe he changed his mind, he could, in those days, you could do this. You could shift. So it was a good thing he did, he shifted to that. Uh, so these things happened. Mani, I think before joining the institute, he did, uh, he, Probably he, he acted in some ad films in Bombay. <laughs> yes, that prompted him to become an actor. But he was supposed to become a very important filmmaker. And, and one more uh, film that I want to discuss with you that you made in, in your days at FTI was A Great Day, your only comedy film. So yes. what, you know, why did you not explore this genre further? apart from a great day? 
No, see, uh, humor is a very important aspect, especially with your, um, whether you are in theater or in cinema. That keeps your audience engaged, and that's very important. And uh, you don't have to do slapstick or, or, or cheap dialogue to entertain audience. You can entertain them just making them look at everyday things. Things happen in everyday which are really full of humor. It's very, very humorous, you know. Only you have to have observe, good observation. And you can, uh, those who don't have observation, they cannot uh, be making films of any worth. So this, this is a basic thing. So you have to, and also you have to look at life, you know. Uh, with, uh, with a lot of lot of curiosity, you have to be interested in everything. Not just you cannot be like the the horse, you know, what the uh, which has blinds on both sides. You know, cannot be. You have to be open, open, open to be influenced by everything, good, bad, indifferent, everything. That's very important. So this uh, this was uh, I call it very autobiographical because I consider myself a very lazy person. So this is the story of a so story of a very lazy person who incidentally, straightly is in love with another a, a girl. And uh, his, um, his room where he stays is in such bad shape, you know, uh, when this uh, girl comes and tells him, my father wants to come and see you before agreeing to our uh, marriage. I, he wants to come and see you. So the, the first half of the film, I want to cut on three-fourths of the film is of his, his preparing and trying to put some order into things in the, in the room, you know, to make himself decent and uh, order, order, ordered and all that. that. There is a lot of humor in that sequence because he has a he wants some, there's, there's a, even a frog in the room. He wants to drive it away. Then he, he has a uh, radio, which will, which whatever you do, it won't start working. Then you bang on it and then it starts playing. That kind of thing. So finally, when he is halfway through these preparations, the, his, the father arrives. He looks around with interest and then, then yeah, finally he looks at him. And then he, he says, uh, and then he goes away and comes running his uh, daughter, that is his love. She says, do you know something? The father has agreed. And he cannot imagine, he was in that bad shape, how could he agree to it? And he, he, when he was smiling at him, you saw your teeth. My father is a dentist. Such wonderful teeth you have. That's what, that is the story, a great day. So it freezes on his mouth. The film freezes on his mouth. So uh, after having made that film, I never saw the film. About 45 years later in, uh, in Pune, then uh, uh, Dr. Anandamurthy was chair, chairman of the institute. There was this international festival with Pune Pune uh, Film Society, film, uh, film Society was organizing it, Pune. International Film Festival of Pune. So they had shown some of the 
short films in that. I came to learn that my film was there. So they invited me to that uh, function, opening function. So at the opening, I said, I told them, you know, as, a, as a, an apology, very apologetically, I told them, look, this is a film, it was an exercise which I did when I was a student here. I have not seen this film in the last 45 years. I, I, you have to pardon me for this is my so-called first work. So I hope uh, then I went, went down and then we all were sitting. As soon as the film started, everybody, the whole crowd was laughing. They were enjoying every bit of it. Then uh, at the end of it, you know, I thought, yes, okay, it has worked. Then Dr. Anandamurthy told me, I want to take a copy of this film with me. It's a fantastic work. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, this is too much. <laughs> so I I enjoyed making the film because it was, I enjoy humor. You, Ray, you, you see any of the Ray films, you find humor in it. Very natural humor that comes very naturally because of his observation of life. Uh, it may not be there in, this, in, in, the, in the original book he has basically done, but it, it comes from his work, in his script it comes. So, also, uh, my films are not devoid of uh, humor. Most of my films are humor. But I don't create a character for humor. There's no comedian as such. Each, each person, you know, uh, can be a, a, creating comedy. The thing is, it has to be, it has to look natural. That's very important. It should be naturally evolved out of the situation. Adul sir, Malayalam uh, cinema, you know, is always Then I'm going to leave you, eh? Sorry. Problem, sir. So as I was saying, Malayalam cinema was always known for its, you know, realism and the grounded and human stories. And before your first feature film, Soyambaram, that came out in 72, uh, you debut as a filmmaker. There were other prominent filmmakers as, you know, K.S. Sethu Madhavan and, and you know, Ramu Kariyat, who were working in, this, in the industry, some great work. But in the 70s, Malayalam industry was quite dominant with films such as, you know, uh, for, for, that was following the commercial pattern, that formula films, as, as they were called. You know, which had the songs and dances in them, and, and with comic relief such as you know uh, Adul Bhasi and Bahadur, for example. Uh, but Swayamvaram brought that new wave uh, of cinema in in Malayalam industry. How was the challenge of making your first film, and you know, especially the finances to make a film? What were the challenges that you faced? I told you. Uh... As soon as I came out of the institute, of course, I did not want to go to, go, to Bombay like when we had seen because um, I wanted to come back to Kerala because my base was Kerala and the Malayalam language. So I wanted to work only here. And uh, you know, through, through intermediaries, people who knew some producers, I made contact with some people. And it was very frustrating. Their response was very frustrating. Then I immediately knew, you know, it did not take long for me to, to realize that these people will never back you. 
to make a film. So you have to find your own resources. And it was not easy to find resources. Uh, but uh, the, the Film Finance Corporation, we applied for this loan. Uh, my first film had uh, the, a loan uh, sanctioned by the Film Finance Corporation based on my script. And also the crew that was proposed. And, uh, and that's how it happened. I was making, of course, uh, documentaries. But most of them are uh, for the film institution and other uh, governmental institutions. Because in those days, even today, you make a documentary on your own and there's no way you can show it anywhere. Even, even TV people, they don't show it. So that is the fate of the documentaries. So you have to have a sponsor, you have to have um, no, no, work done by for the others. There's no way of doing it on your own. That was the situation. But um, even after Swamburam was made, I, I used to make short documentaries for governmental as well as uh, quasi-governmental institutions. Um, because the documentary also teaches you very, very interesting lessons. Because uh, in the documentary, you have to play uh, uh, manifold roles, you know, not one role. You have to be the producer, play the role of the producer. You have to play the role of the financier. You have to role, the role of the director, writer. So many things all rolled into one. And uh, where the budget is very low, then you have to, you have to do it with your own camera work. And uh, you have to record your sound also, yourself, all that. So that was learning as well as uh, earning a livelihood during that period. This documentary has been such, such helpful. And also you learn the difficult art of uh, frugality. The difficult art of, uh, you know, being uh, being very 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 clear about what you want to do and then do it. You know, you know, you need a lot of preparation for that. You have to be fully prepared. You know, you cannot be wasting time. You know, time is money in cinema. You know, as elsewhere, because you spend a lot of time with the whole crew around, and then you do not know what to do next. Then you are wasting your time. And when you don't know, uh, do not know what to do, and you may also shoot a lot, left, right, and that's also wasteful. So uh, you have to have a, I always had a very, very small ratio uh, of what I shoot and what I use. But some people, uh, they, are, they shoot as much as 10 times the required length. I, I my, my ratio was, Three to one, not more, because I plan everything ahead of time. I wanted to shoot. Everything is planned beforehand. Nothing is left to chance. Still, there may be some improvement required that one has to leave a space for. And, this, and you know, you you evolved as a filmmaker during very turbulent times when uh, you know when Kerala was undergoing economic crisis. There was emergency of the 70s, the Naxal uprising, the split in the Communist Party, all that was going on and you were making films at that time. So 
can you describe how were those times and uh, you know how much the society socio political factors influenced you as a filmmaker see i i don't think they influence you very directly the influence comes very direct because uh, suppose you are you are a kind of filmmaker who who is who is trying to uh, trying to be, be contemporary by uh, making films like newspaper features you know i am not that kind um, these things will have influence because i have when i made a, i made a film called kadha purushan that's much later and uh, this is about the turbulent times you have mentioned the, the period uh, that i have lived through and right 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 from my time of birth to the time when i was growing up when i was a young man up to that point so that reflects the whole uh, uh, history of a period of a, of a, the, the cultural climate the political climate of a, of a, of a land people that is there but it is not very direct in the, in the sense it is told through the life of a person it is it is his story as well as history both so that is how it is and you know uh, talking about politics Uh, not just the external but you know the interpersonal politics of a human uh, you know what we go through the plight of the human mind and how a human that then makes relation with the other person all that is uh, you know is is visible in your works and in other and other art cinema as well so as a filmmaker how did you uh, execute that politics that interpersonal politics in your in your works apart from the external politics of what was going around at that time see um as i said i am i'm not trying to be smart by doing you know day to day events in, in films i need a certain time to to pass because in a, when you are in the midst of an experience you don't have a proper perception of that experience the experience has to pass then only you can look at it this is what happens so i i, I used to say that my films are, are necessarily about about yesterday yesterday it just it can be just yesterday or many years before but never never before i was born because i had to be a witness to things i have to be a participant in in some way i have to be participant in, in the things that i am talking about so i i am not talking about things i i have no first hand knowledge about i would i wouldn't be making futuristic films nor will i be making historical films because i also i i i do not want to make a film which will be only it will be relevant only during the time, its time of making i think it has to go beyond it has to be relevant tomorrow or even day after this is one condition i i i wish to satisfy and uh, you know in most of your films may be 
कोडियटम और मदिलुगल और और यू नो एलिपत्तयम इन ऑल दोस फिल्म्स डी कैमरा इज ऑलवेज स्टैटिक दैट इज वन थिंग दैट आई फाउंड इन योर फिल्म्स डी कैमरा डजन्ट मूव मच एंड डजन्ट हैव मच ट्रैकिंग शॉट्स यू नो इन इज दिस पार्ट ऑफ़ डी विजुअल स्टोरिंग टेलिंग प्रोसेस दैट यू नो like somebody has uh, written about it there is a lot of camera movement but as a viewer you don't see it because i don't want my audience to notice that the camera is moving left camera is moving right the camera is moving up camera is running i don't want i don't want the audience to feel that i am i am trying to i am you know for me my My characters. You have to understand the characters. You have to look at the composition of a shot, and and I am trying to make you think about all this, and and I learn many things at the same time. It's very important, not just what the character is speaking. It's much more than that. Yeah, I I have to make you experience uh, a situation and a life. That's what I am trying to do. And talking about. Actors and characters. You know, you worked with some of the finest actors of Malayalam industry, such as Mamutti and you know, and 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 Tilakan K P S C Lalita and Karmana Janardhan Nair. And these actors look real and raw when when they work with you. They doesn't look out of place. You know, an actor like Mamutti, who is also big superstar in the industry, uh, in Malayalam cinema, looks and behaves like Vaika Muhammad Bashir or or you know. भास्कर पालेट पाल पटेलकर पटेलार सॉरी पटेलार एंड एंड डॉक्टर बालू सो हाउ वाज योर इक्वेशन विद सच एक्टर्स एंड यू नो हाउ डिड यू डायरेक्ट देम सी इट्स वेरी सिंपल यू हैव टू बी एन एक्टर यूरसेल दैट्स दैट्स वन बेसिक थिंग एंड दिस पीपल हु आर वेरी पॉपुलर इन द फिल्म इंडस्ट्री एंड day in and day out they are acting before a camera slowly they do ham acting after a time that cannot be helped you know they are and uh, and they are working with lesser people lesser than the actor most of these films get materialized because the actor has signed his contract so it doesn't start from a script written or, or some some filmmaker wants to make a film etc it's not not like way it's other way so Yeah, in such situations, the director cannot even tell the actor, "No, no, not that way." What I have in mind is different. They cannot. There is whatever they do is okay for them. That's what happens in the in the popular industry, where where the the under the filmmaker is very particular about uh, entering into a, a, a character, etc. Then it is uh, different. So my actors, I have been very, I have been very good with them. They, they, they always like me, like to work with me. They, you know, none of the my actors have ever asked for a, a, a particular amount of fees. Never. So our, my equation with these people are very, very fine. They are happy working with me, and they also know they, they won't get uh, the amount of money they get from other films, because my budget is always very. Uh, I cannot say low. It is no neither high nor low. 
but it is the right budget i use i what what is important for me is the film not the amount of money you pay a star or somebody else so you know they all know that i have a budget and everyone will be paid nobody will be cheated <laughs> according to the budget there is said a percent amount for the actor they will pay paid but nobody has ever complained about poor payment to me never so they were they were always been happy working with me and also you know there is a record you know six of my actors have won national awards out of my 12 films six of the actors have won national awards for best performance so that reputation also uh, comes to comes in my favor <laughs> this is what happens and also uh, is it because you also give some space to the actor to perform in your you know film that you give them a free hand that you know uh, it is no, up to you free hand is a uh, difficult thing to do because see filmmaking is uh, the process of filmmaking is so different from theater performance there the actor has the continuity with him and then he performs before an audience and with small with every new performance in every new staging of a play there will be something different some nuances will be different with a different audience so this happens in a play but in cinema i keep telling them you are acting to me not to an audience there is no audience before you when you when you act before this uh, camera when i am recording it you are acting it out to me so i have to be satisfied not the audience audience comes much later when the when it is put together the actor doesn't know what was there before him before the shot or what is going to come after the shot and how long this shot is going to be etc these things are just uh, not known to him and also this the system of shooting is such that the the scheduling of the of the shooting uh, is based on on a location on a period of time on the availability of an artist so many factors are there in fixing it so i may be shooting one scene from the beginning of the film and from uh, and the end of the film then later and and much later i may be taking some shot for the middle of the film so the actor cannot cannot have any emotional or even intellectual continuity with his performance so i have to tell him this is what he has uh, what he have to do and uh, the performance is i always rehearse them always rehearse them and uh, always take uh, i i don't stop with one take if i am not happy with it then i go for another take irrespective of the actor is uh, well known or a star or anything and nobody has ever complained against it so they know that when i go for a second or third take it is it is improving their performance and i also tell them nobody will the in the audience will ever know which take of your performance is in the film <laughs> what is what is kept in the film is their performance so cinema the medium cinema you know has certain uh, certain advantages and also certain disadvantages in that sense because uh, the actor cannot keep his emotional continuity and perform it's not really possible not physically possible not physically. not even otherwise and uh, 
a question relating to this that comes to my mind is that your film doesn't follow the conventional screenplay structure of which includes you know inciting incidents and uh, no point of return or twist before uh, an interval block in that sense. So what I observed while watching Madhi Lugal where the relationship of Vaikam, Mohammad Bashir and uh, Naraini was shown, you know, uh, almost towards the second half of the film and which was the main crux of the film, by the way. Uh, so how do you decide the story's journey from the beginning to the mid and to the end that, you know, you were also mentioning? Actually, for every, every small story, every big uh, novel also, every, every novelette, even a, even a performance, even a, even a speech, there is a beginning, middle and end. This is, this is very latent in, in, in everything that you do. If you don't have it, and then like Goda said, you know, it is not necessarily not in the same order. It may be, the order may be different, but then it, again, you have to have a beginning, middle and end. That is part of any creation, in fact. any theater performance, any any play, any novel, any, any story. You have to have these three things, very important. But at the same time, it need not be too obvious. So some people, you know, after my shooting is over, they don't tell me. They have told others. I I never imagined. I I don't know when 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 the climax was. <laughs> For them, they are so used to a a big uh, you know explosive sequence you know as the climax. They imagine that there will be something like that. It is not. So. A friend of and my, my friends who have been working with me, they told them it seems it was all over. <laughs> Without your knowing, the climax has passed. So it, it happens. And uh, there have been masters like Ozu, uh, particularly, where he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't ever. Uh, um, of course, he doesn't move the camera at all. You know, that is, even factually, he doesn't move the camera at all. It's the steady camera. But I'm not like you said. I don't do that. When somebody is walking, I, I walk with the camera, the camera with him. When he is running, I run with him. But I cannot be doing antics with my camera. That's what I don't do. So I don't want to attract, you know, attract the audience attention to this technology and techniques. That's not proper according to me. Because also, in fact, if you say so you have to use psychology, when a camera moves slowly, for instance, you know, it moves from left to right. Necessarily, it has to reveal something very important by the time you move and end it. If it is not there, the audience is disappointed. It's a momentary disappointment that will ultimately kill the film. These movements. Meaningless movements will kill your interest in the film. So it has to, when you move, the movement has to be meaningful. When you move in, it has to be meaningful. You move away, it has to make, mean something. So what the traditional uh, shooting style in the old days was, you shoot within a floor, you know, on, on a floor and uh, within the studio. And you have these trolleys, you know, people will push 
push in, push back. You know, this is what we want, what they do during the takes. So it makes no sense unless unless there is some meaning in. Of uh, course, it's basically it is to follow the audience mind. You want to see him close, then you go close. You know, you when the when the filmmaker wants to show, you know, the, the the environment against which this character is, then you have to pull back or show him, throw him uh, into a very long shot. All that, all that come. It, it's a lot of psychological use of it. Camera and sound. And uh, you know, um, you talked about novels and how a story is written. You know, you have worked on many screen adaptations, whether it is with Hayan or your Madhulugal even. They are adapted from literary works. So, how challenging is it to adopt a literary work to a different medium? You know, a medium of film. Only, only, only four films out of the twelve films. Only four films are adaptations. Those are time when uh, I did not uh, find for myself something, something from within myself. You know, there are uh, um, dry periods and nothing, nothing, nothing interesting occurs to you. So then you. I, I am an avid reader, so I keep on reading. Then I remember some some book I read earlier that was interesting. I wanted to. Then I must. I am curious about why did I like it, that story so much. So I go back and read it. And if it still interests me, well, then I say that and it is worth doing a film on. And I don't copy the story. I this is a starting point for me. I treat it as my original idea, just picked up from the book, but then I work it on my own. That's why I do this. And I don't feel obliged that I should, I should, you know, as they say, should do justice to the other. I, I don't believe in that. I have to do justice to myself. The other has written it, his work, nobody will tamper with it, it is there. So you have, to, you have borrowed an inspiration. And then you have, you have made it your own. You, 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 put, you have taken it within your system, and then you are working on your own. That's all that. All these stories, Okima, Bhashir, Sakriya, Tagadi, all these others, I work like that. And very, very, very few compared to my 12 films so far done, these are only four. The rest was all my own uh, ideas and scripts. So uh, you say that there you you take the creative liberty, uh, you know, of a filmmaker to you know further develop the story that you adopt. I do. I do. And uh, you you mentioned uh, Godard in one of your answers, and that reminds me that it was I think Godard who said you know the angle at which you set your camera is itself a political decision. So that's true. A very. Uh, Cliche question that can art be a political? Depends. You know, it depends. You know, see, uh, there are different ways of looking at art. Hmm. Uh, art can be political. Why not? Actually, life is life is mingled with politics. You cannot extricate yourself from the the politics of uh, the life you live in. 
for instance in india everything depends everybody's uh, life depends on the kind of politics that is there at the center of the uh, state and you are you are also influenced by the, the politics of the states at the provinces where you live so you cannot say that i am a political you cannot but you need, you need not be a practitioner you need not be a protagonist you need not be a champion of uh, political views it's not as that but as a as a as a as a sensitive person as a very very responsive person to things around it is natural that you will be influenced by the politics around you either negatively or positively you cannot escape Uh, a question that I think I must, I should have asked you earlier, but uh, I, I pose this question now. How was your, uh, how is your equation with the cinematographers and editors? Two very important part of the whole filmmaking process. How is your relation with them? Actually, mostly uh, my cinematographers, I don't, I don't give them the freedom to compose themselves. Uh, uh, decide which angle, etc. I, I decide all that. Also, my editor, you know, for him, uh, I ask him where to cut. Not, I don't leave it to him. Also, my shorts are there. You know, the, the, the way I shoot, he cannot be edited in another way. <laughs> you know, I almost, you know, it's an edited form I shoot, and then uh, you, you cannot, you cannot change much in the. In the in the scheme of the film so it's it's very easy to edit for them it's very easy to edit because my material is just uh, just what is required is short that uh, nothing more because i do that exercise long before uh, what to shoot what not to shoot i do that and i have to be very clear about what i need but I do also, at the same time, I also improvise a lot. I do that. So it's, uh, anyway, you are writing the script, uh, editing, uh, sitting inside your room, and then uh, alone you do it. But then the reality outside with the, with the light, with the sunlight on and the sunlight off, things are different. When it rains, it is different. When it is not raining, it is different. In the morning, it is different. The same object will look different in the midday and, and morning or evening. So all these are, then you have to take advantage of it. That, that is where you, you, you have to be resourceful. You have to make decisions, they're not there. But uh, that is all possible only when you are, you are thoroughly prepared otherwise, because then it gives more scope for improvement. Uh, that's what it's done. Yes. And uh, we, we have used this term uh, in this conversation also, the term art. So, but how does a cinema merits to be called as an art? You know, all, not all cinema can be called as art because there are you know, very bad cinema which doesn't merit to be an art. What is your take on it? When, when it is the product of an, an author, there is this uh, concept of author concept comes from really France. They, they uh, started writing 
about the author the director being director is actually a theatrical term that is not a good term to be used in cinema he is not directing anything he is creating so we call it properly to call it is filmmaker a filmmaker is the is the is the one uh, who will make art art is something which is the the the, the product of one intellectuals one intellects creation it is like the architecture you the architect has the complete concept of what he is going to do but he engages engages many many people different trades of people you know you know they, they are doing different trades in in the building up of a structure but then the architect is is the creator of that the same thing with the, with the filmmaker so only when only when that is possible only when it is like writing poetry or writing uh, creating any other form of art then generally we can call it art otherwise they are all uh, you know you know uh, what you call assembled material now you have a uh, somebody who writes songs somebody somebody else does this composing and then like that you know, there are different uh, uh, you put all that together so the man who is an organizer uh, the social organizer is called a director in the film industry but he is not a film maker he is the master of the orchestra with different he is also described in several ways people say he is the captain of the ship etc let's <laughs> <laughs> see these were the ideas about a director you know that is these are these concepts are old ever since uh, this other concept came you know you know it is so different it is very european concept it's a very european concept in fact it's a french people who uh, introduced it and then theorized it also and uh, you know uh, films are always distinguished between commercial and art and i think this this term art cinema must be defined beforehand you know before distinguishing films between art and commercial that we do very often uh, so what is your definition of an art cinema in the film industry when when a film makes lot of money is called a commercial film when it is a commercial flop they call it art so it has come to equate you know they have it has come to equate the the art cinema has been equated with flops so this this is what is happening they don't realize that the, the film being artistic you know it is uh, a very artistic film can have very little appeal to the general audience it can also sometimes appeal to the huge, huge crowds that's what chaplin's films are about they are they are always a popular uh, art form in terms of particularly chaplin's uh, silent era films they are great you know, they are forever they are great art he himself directs he himself acts he himself uh, uh designs everything 
and there have been stories about uh, Chaplin being hired by the studios. Chaplin goes one morning, you know, they, uh, and then sits there for hours together. Sometimes for for different shifts, he, he, he nothing occurs to him. So they are all waiting for some uh, great thoughts come to, come to him, you know, so that he can do it. Now they are very patiently waiting because they are real commercial success. Nobody cared about the art part, you know, but then they are real commercially successful films. And much later only, you know, it was a big bet, you know, about Chaplin at that time. Much later, people found out that it was great art. Great miming, great, uh, a great mind behind it. And uh, in a, in a, one of my Favorite films of Chaplin is The Kid. He talks about himself, actually. It's the early life of Chaplin himself. It's one of the greatest films I have ever seen. But he talks about real life. So, and about the underdog also, always. He plays the underdog all the time. It has all come from his uh, childhood. Before he made it in Hollywood, big way. It was like that. And how do you see the coming up of art cinema in India? You know, since the 50s and 40s. Uh, yeah. So the question is, how do you see the coming up? How, how was that? process of coming up of the art cinema in India with Satyajit Ray, Mrinal Sen, Ghatak. Yeah, because those three filmmakers have been really great. Now, um, uh, we, we, have, we, have to, we have to, we have to learn from them. Uh, the, 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 that was the introduction of the, the real cinema with, them, with their work. Particularly, Ray Khadak and a little later, uh, Manalsa, are the three stalwarts of cinema. So, no, we, we, we all owe, it, owe a lot to them. And how was the reception of art cinema in India, you know, when you were a student? Actually, a lot of people do not know something very interesting because when Badar Panjali was made, it was it was a long uh, struggle. It was a story of a long struggle. Two and a half, three years, almost three years of its making was a real struggle. Part of it was a short, and uh, finally they had to abandon it because there was no more money to make it, etc. No producers, would, uh, no producer would back him. Even those who uh, promised some help and all that. They themselves flopped on making some other films and they could not like that. So finally, the film got, uh, was picked up. In fact, uh, Ray, through his mother's contacts, contacted uh, B.C. Roy. And B.C. Roy wanted to meet Ray. He went to see B.C. Roy. And B.C. Roy, when he talked to Ray, B.C. Roy was a fantastic person. He he could find a real spark of 
know, greatness in this man, young man, with all the passion for this film. Then he said, okay, I know. No, and, and his assistants, the deputies, had all kinds of, they raised all kinds of objections to financing the film. Uh, then he said, find out some way of giving money. So, you know, how the money was found? Since the film was titled Padhyar uh, Panjali, the song of the road, he found money from the public resource department, PWD, for, for his financing. And, and believe me, when, when the film was released, it became a big success. Unknown filmmaker with no ingredients of any cinema whatsoever, whether in Bengali or in other languages. It became a success, instant success. It took a few weeks to pick up and then the, you know, Ray has returned. Even with that release, the government of uh, West Bengal got their money back. And then they made millions and they made millions out of it. So uh, a real good, genuine work of art is accepted by the people. And it was also uh, a matter of honor for the a matter of credit for the audience in Calcutta and elsewhere. That they could they could you know make the film a success at the box office. This film, which many many directors in the West found very uh, not, not very inclined to like it, or to, or even they did not care to see the whole film. So the whole thing changed eventually. You, you know, you cannot blame an audience for rejecting a good work of art because they are simply not accustomed to watch something different. They have been they have been fed on rubbish, so that becomes the no. Even today, there are people who are asking, who are asking, what do you mean by good cinema? People ask. <laughs> now you have to see it. What do you mean by good book? You have to be reading. Otherwise, how will you know? Somebody, somebody will tell you how the book is good. You have to read. To read, just that book is not enough. You, you should have read a lot before enjoying a serious work of uh, literature. And then my next question was, what, what do you mean by good films? And you have answered that already, you know. Uh, and uh, one of the one of the persons who was made the chairman of uh, the selection committee uh, which would select films for um, panorama indian panorama indian panorama is selected it was originally meant to choose films uh, which have a, a, a good chance of being accepted in other festivals international festivals so the government is uh, you, know, you know, finding out which are the best films made that year so that it can be promoted. So, uh, a person from Bangalore, who is from the, I don't know what he did in the cinema, but that, I don't know what he is, maybe a producer of him. He was made the chairman of this committee. And he used to, he is famously known as someone who keep on asking people, what do you mean by good cinema? He has no idea about it, what is good cinema. And then he's made the chairman of the committee to choose films for the Indian Banarama. And he, he chose all the bad films. 
because that is good cinema for him and then in delhi there was a joke with all those rejections of the, at that year's indian panorama they could do a festival in delhi they were planning all the rejects <laughs> it's a joke so this in this country anything passes unfortunately and and when we were talking about art cinema you know i consider art cinema as an umbrella term for all the processes that were going on the uh, the, the coming up of institutions like fin finance corporation the national archives the film archives and fti which was earlier film institute all these were coming up also uh, there was this whole uh, you know saying that good film make good citizens and that was going on in that era also the coming of the film societies you know we were talking about film societies in the beginning you you and your friends made the chitralekha uh, film society so can you talk about the film society movement in detail no i told you already it's actually we owe it to the vision of jawaharlal nehru when he he was a great visionary when he became the prime minister he made several 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 decisions in in the area of culture and arts one was to set up the sangeetara academy the sahitya academy elithagala academy and and then academies in all the states you know of their own their own and you know, the, the the state academies the central academies and then he like that he then even even reorganization of the states on the basis of language so that the literature would flourish you know that was the idea which which really happened you now some unknown languages before and suddenly became, came to the core there have been good writers they got so much confidence in their own language all this in you know, several areas and then he felt at the international level indian cinema is nowhere why we have not done enough we have to do so that's how he appointed a committee under sk party and patil and his uh, group they went uh, a committee went into uh, uh, made an inquiry about the situation of cinema and they proposed very interesting uh, uh, proposals they made one was the setup setting up of the film institute second was the film finance corporation the third was the national film archive then the international film festivals our filmmaker future filmmakers should see which see the best of the world cinema that's how the international film festival has started in delhi so with his vision when eskabat in he knew this eskabat would make this this was all implemented in no time this was implemented so it was his vision that uh, that we we were reaping the results of so there was a an overall development the overall effort to promote good filmmaking but then later they all the all these institutions regenerated that's another matter like the national film development corporation i was one of the members who of, of the inquiry committee which recommended the forming of the formation of this film development corporation and it became such a dead weight it serves no purpose in our lives 
the will make its lives. It, 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 it sank with all their official dumb. And then also the lack of vision on the part of the successive governments. So in the whole world, you know, when you want to promote cinema, you don't, you know, this, even this loan that we took for Swamira, at that time, the interest that was charged was 18%. 18% interest. And 99% of the people who took loan from the NFDC never paid back their money. They could not. You know, they were not uh, willfully abstaining from it, but then they just could not. Because over a period of time, you know, the, the interest was more than the capital. <laughs> this is what happened. So in the rest of the world, when they want to promote any this film industry, what they do is they give grants. If the film makes money, then they can they can repay it. They are not penalized for making a good film. No, no, that, that's what is happening. They are really, you know, they're they're hunted out you know, out of this whole thing. So many, so many people. So this is what happens. So there was no real vision on the part of the decision makers in, in the center. This is what happened. So slowly what happened was the officials were having a five-star culture. Very nicely, they, they traveled only first class around the world and then uh, did nothing for the cinema. It came to nothing. And you also have, uh, you know, you've, you've worked, you have been in, in different committees, uh, you know, with the government of India for framing the national policy. And also you were the head of the NFDC. Uh, you were the director of the FDA. I was fully, I was fully a director, not the head. Yeah. And, not the head. And, and, one of the directors. Of the, directors, the NFDC yes. was first set up. I was one of the directors. Yes. Not and... You were also the member of the advisory board of uh, National Film Archive. Uh, what were the challenges you faced? The, the one you mentioned, the five-star culture. And what were the other challenges that you faced? And, you know, no, no. the inputs that you made. This is not a, uh, you know, five-star culture is not a challenge for me. <laughs> it is a challenge to themselves. <laughs> Actually, you know, the, the purpose of the institution is forgotten. And, uh, and they all thought it was meant for them, only for the officials. They, 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 of course, the, the government itself, you know, has been uh, having no no vision of, 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 about uh, an institution like National Film Development Corporation. So they were, at one time, they will say, you go and find your own finance. At the other time, they don't, you know, <laughs> they give other directions like this. The lack of uh, proper, Understanding of these things, you know, at this at the at the center, uh, caused all the problem. And the five star thing became uh, uh, so ludicrous at times because you know a whole lot of officials they will travel only first class. One of the NFDC films was they wanted to release in Kerala. I was a witness to see that's what I'm saying. One of the NFDC produced the film. They, were, they wanted to release, release it to the Kerala, the Malayalam film. 
and the md and the, and the and the three or four top officials came to came down to trivandrum and the film had not even a, they did not put even a poster for the film there was no like every other films released you will have a, you will have you know, you know uh, advertisement given in the papers etc nothing nothing was there so they did not even when they when they were doing a press conference in trivandrum and none of them even carried a pamphlet about the film <laughs> so they, they looked at each other none of them ever cared they just came they have spent so much money so, so many of them traveling up and down from bombay to this place with that money the, the film they could have done a poster they could have with that money they could have put an advertisement in the paper nothing this is what i said the culture was purely by star but for what for themselves it became the fiefdom of some people that's all and uh, with that you know there is also an increased commercialization of cinema in in the recent past you know and you are working in the film industry for almost six decades now uh, malayalam cinema has evolved over these years but you know back in the 20s uh, the, the early 2000s when quality of film deteriorated and you know mediocre films were being produced and certain films were labeled as soft porn at at that time the in in theaters but from 2010 uh, malayalam cinema changed the films that we are watching now uh, and they are characterized as very fresh unusual themes and new narrative techniques so how do you see this evolution of uh, malayalam cinema it, so presently something good is happening there are there are a few filmmakers now young filmmakers who who are um who are uh, trying to do new things uh, you know, to start with new subjects new treatments they are, they are definitely influenced more uh, all of them are not film institute graduates they, are, they have just learned the craft on their own it's very interesting but uh, very 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 interesting films are being made these days some of them are trained some of, most of, not all of them they, they have done their own self training self learning you know something very 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 good is happening they are not great films but then they are just being different is something that's what how i look at it now it used to be very routine otherwise you know there was no no change from uh, the track now this is these are all you know uh very very hopeful signs of better cinema being made but without any without any promotion without any help without any support from anywhere that's the interesting part how do you see the the uh, the cinema of the past for say 80s 90s and early 2000s where in india india as a whole yeah in india in general and in particular the malayalam cinema no generally so there it was in a rut in fact for a long time the last 10 years things have slowly changed you know 
uh, you notice that things have been changing. That's very good. It was very frustrating before, but it is now it is there is some hope. And do do you, are you watching cinema currently? Do you watch cinema on the OTT platforms? I don't. I don't watch OTT because there are some. I think some new experiments that are being done on OTT because it. I think it allows uh, the filmmaker more liberty than you know the mainstream film. Uh, so. Uh, when we were talking about uh, you know cinema being very commercial and just now how do you evaluate this commercialization process of cinema that we are witnessing for quite some time and its impact on the creative process of a filmmaker no see well commercialization is uh, uh, i know you you compromise that's what uh, commercialization does if you are a, an artist and if you if you make uh, uh, adjustments you make uh, concessions you become uh, a slave to certain things even for popularity you do a particular putting in a particular element now that's how uh, it works but then um, a, a, a true artist will not do that he he will have faith in himself he will have faith in his audience it's very important so those who make concessions those who make uh, all sorts of agreements and all sorts of submissions they make success at the box office because there's a formula uh, the formula is always in 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 the malayalam film industry there was a almost an unwritten rule that the farther a film is from the real life lived by people the better chance for success that was the theory people have been propounding that theory so we find it appalling you know <laughs> to have to have that kind of theories and approaches is appalling No, why sh- what is the function of the art? That's the first question you should ask. Why should we, why should we be entertained? What is the function of entertainment? It should it, it should really you know you know make you think about yourself, about the society you live in, you know, about uh, about others, about oneself. It's very very important. If we, if it is wasting your time. in the name of entertainment that is no entertainment that's a waste of your time time is very valuable no. they say time pass you know that's very is that it is the concept is for people who do not want to do a thing you just sit down and they do nothing you know it is meant for them time pass they don't know how to spend the time they have no interest in anything they don't read they don't uh, listen to music they don't do this and that you know? they are not interested in other people also they they need time pass that is very true you know uh, i think the 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 concept 
a question that I must ask is what did the role of film societies, what what was the role of the film societies, you know, in society, uh, you know, talking because they used to talk about they had discussions about good films, they had discussions about films that were you know being made in in say France, in say Russia, in other in other countries. So what was the role that the film societies play and now because we do not see film societies being active in the society how do you see the degradation of films no in the past the only opportunity of watching films from other languages other countries was when it is imported into india and it's distributed through commercial channels the only films other than uh, our own language films was the hollywood films there was no other film. We, we, we had no chance of seeing any, any film made outside US. You never see, saw any film, even English films you are not watching. But, but then we have hardly seen any, any, any European films for that matter. No Russian film, no, no films from any country in Europe. So films, what film societies did was to make it access to the audiences offbeat films, films made in these countries. You know, they, they, the best examples of good cinema from there. The audience, a uh, small number of people. But it, it, it was not addressed to the whole big crowds, not at all. Film society movement was, was aimed at the real prospective filmmakers, film critics, film students. It is, it is meant, meant to a coterie of uh, uh, the, the the audiences, not everybody. So so that from there, that a nucleus will be formed of thinking people. And I know because of the film societies, many people went, many young people went to film institute to join to study cinema. Otherwise, they had not heard about it. They were inspired by these films. So that uh, today you can download a film and watch it. The, 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 the electronics medium has developed so much that you can download a film and see it. There are uh, you know, several, several channels, legitimate and illegitimate, but we can watch films. Even my films are uh, no, pirated and shown on several uh, of these international channels. I don't object to it because that's one way of their watching my films. I don't stop them. So, so many people you know, write to me about doubts, these questions about and all that. I ask them, where did you see it? On internet, on YouTube. I said, okay, you see it. Somebody else is making money out of it anyway. <laughs> and and, and do, you, do you think uh, uh, the audience uh, has some responsibility towards, you know, uh, the 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 more of more production of good cinema in India, far from what we are seeing. In, long, in long ago, long ago, a Hollywood producer was supposed by a lady. Hmm. It's supposed to be very, very learned and all. She she went up to him, a producer and asked, Mr. So and So, why do you make so many bad films? It's a frontal attack. Then he's a very sharp person, the producer. He said. Because you go to see them. Answer was very sharp. 
you make bad films because you go to see them. Simple. Very true. Uh, you know, in India, we do not take films very seriously. We, uh, you know, we dismiss them as just mere entertainment, as you also pointed out, and that is one. Uh, that is one reason, uh, because you know, uh, for for the situation, for the condition of films in India today, we all film as an heritage. As a heritage, is also very important to us. You know, it has. Uh, given us so many uh, things in history in the past and i think you can see the, the 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 making of a nation through films but we do not take that seriously and uh, we do not preserve films you were part of the national film archives uh, can you share your experiences of archiving films or you know curating films for the national archives and the importance of film as an heritage as a heritage No, it's film, film, film. It's actually uh, the archiving of films is very important because some very, very, very bad films have been very popular, and they have to be archived because that shows the taste of an audience at a particular time. And then there have been again there have been other films uh, which have been failures, very outstanding works, which have been failures at the box office. They need to be preserved. so that is one important thing when you talk about heritage you know india produces too many films to be preserved and that's that is a big question too many films where will you preserve it you know today it is it is easier because you can uh, digitize it and keep it that is possible but in the past there was no way it was other than physically preserving it that was a challenge but uh, our archive has done quite well i think it was started late but then once it was started then it started started functioning uh the first uh, director there who was uh, who started as a curator and then he became the director of the archive he himself was very 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 good in his work and very devoted so the archive has grown uh, in in, uh, in size and in prestige and in its utility सिनेमा one thing that uh, remains untouched is uh, your relation or your conversation with uh, i think the stalwart of indian cinema ritvik ghatak who was your teacher at fti pune can you share about some about your relation with ritvik ghatak and you know some anecdotes if you can recall no no i had absolutely no personal relationship with ghatak i have seen him only my classroom Though those were the times when I, uh, when Khatak was a, a, a great uh, uh, filmmaker, he was a great inspiration. The best part of his teaching was he used to show his films and talk about it. That was the best part of the training, I thought. 
uh, I couldn't have got that experience from anywhere else. You have the filmmaker himself uh, showing his film and explaining why he did that. Why did he did it in a particular way? What is, uh, how, how, why he went to, you know, all the traditional cutting uh, was all violated by himself, etc. So, so many things. So that was great learning from him. And he was a very well-read person. That was another aspect. He used to watch films very clearly, very, very, very attentively. He used to know so many filmmakers from their work. So he, his presence was very inspiring in the institute. But I, I had no personal contact with him. Uh, when I had, a, you know, many, many of my juniors, particularly Manikaul and Kumar Sang, they used to be spend time with him. Uh, but when I when see I, when I had a free time, I would rather go to the library and read. That is my habit. <laughs> Not because I, I maybe I was very shy uh, to go and talk to my teachers. Even today, I'm not very, very outgoing. <laughs> and talking about books, I can see a lot of books and uh, and, and and stuff in the background. Uh, which are the books that you like the most? You know, what, which are the books that you read uh, as as a student or as a director, as, as a filmmaker, not director, but as a filmmaker uh, that has inspired you? And influenced you? No, oh, I've read so much that I cannot say one one book or one author. There are several authors, even filmmakers, you know. So uh, people ask me which filmmaker has influenced you. I said, I feel enthused. I I, I don't want to be influenced. No, that's not a good term. Uh, it's very very exciting when you see and you like a film which is beautifully made. Uh, when, when you when you see a bad film, this is one reason why I don't go to see uh, films in the commercial cinema. When a bad film, when you see there in the, you see it in their midst and you see everybody else enjoying a terribly bad film, that's very depressing. Very depressing. So I don't go. <laughs> I I go and see a practically uh, almost every every day I see five films when there is a festival here. That's how I make up for lost time. Uh, and I, I selected films I see, that's all. But the bad film, I, I know a very important writer in uh, Kerala. She was very sensitive. She, she must be knowing Kamala Das, great poet. Yeah. Kamala Das' mother, she was a great poet. Yeah. So one, uh, one important uh, poet went and gifted her his collection of poetry. Then he received it and said, I won't read it. You should not be offended. I, will, I won't be able to read it. And he asked, oh, why? Because I don't want any other influences. I want, oh, I, I write my way on day. No, that can be a complete for somebody who's, uh, who has got to reach that stage, you know, it's, it's justifiable. But you cannot you cannot say that as a beginner. You have to read everything. If you are a beginning 
writer who is beginning to write. You have to write everything. You have to read everything. Even bad poetry, you have to see. <laughs> and and uh, what are the films that you think we all must watch in in a lifetime? If you can name, um, say, twenty films, twenty five films that you think are must watch for people who who are interested in film theory, who are interested in the art of film. Like I am, I am writing in a very prestigious Malayalam publication. Is there called Bhasha Boshani, one of the oldest publications in yes. language. It's published by Malayalam Manorama. It is still being published. It, it goes as a monthly now. and i have been writing for the last two years about my journey through cinema so where i write about so many uh, outstanding works that i have seen and uh, uh, so there are so many films which i have loved long before i i i, I entered cinema as a practitioner i have seen some films in malayalam Uh, a couple of films from outside, but your attitude to cinema changes when you become a practitioner, when you have learned it, uh, and when you have seen films from all over the world. You cannot you cannot say that it's it's like a writer, a writer who does not read. He can never be a writer. So if you have to be, you have to be reading a lot to become a writer. You have to be reading a lot of poetry to be a poet. Same way, you have to see a lot of cinema. Manalga Manalga used to say, "You should you should tell the students in the institute, you should watch films, dream films, even you know ruminate over films. That's how you become a filmmaker. How true." He also used to say, very interesting. He used to say, "You tell me a film in a person's the style of his living. You tell me about the, the, this particular person's style of living. I can tell you what kind kind of films he will be making." That's true. Can you can you name some some of the films that you think uh, must be watched by the audience? Oh, so many films! There is there is there is no end to it. So many films. Uh, from the silent period, I will start with Chaplin and others. And there have been great masters all through the history, from different continents, from different countries. No, if you if you want to be a filmmaker, if you want to have a future of uh, filmmaking in your life, then you have to be. You see, is very important. See, this is the facility you get in a film institute. More than all the classes, teaching, and all that. Your exposure to these things—that's very important. In a different way, in a very limited way, you also get it through film societies. Film societies have become 
less popular now because it used to be the only chance of your having to you are having access to world cinema in those days today you know you you can download it and see it you can you can you have all these uh, uh what do you call uh, portals and other things where you get to see these students you pay a fee and you can choose films and see without paying also you can see <laughs> there are uh, sites like that there is one reason Uh, so two last questions before we wrap up our conversation uh, one question is what do you think were the reasons for the decline of the radical and the art cinema in india do you think the the absence of film societies or discussions on good films led to the decline and what were what do you think were the reasons and then the last question uh, is what it's it's a very long question but you know to summarize your journey as a filmmaker what were the learnings unlearnings and relearnings uh, in your career in your journey as a filmmaker one one big big lesson i i learned of course uh for the kind of films i make i i i you know very many you know once in a while some producers approach me to make a film they are not regular producers they are, they are just simply fascinated by the national awards and things like that so i tell them i cannot give you any guarantee for this film doing well in the box office nor can i give you any promise of getting any national award or other awards and then you should also be prepared to lose the entire money you are putting in the film can you can you afford it i don't want to see a good person being thrown out to the streets because he came to come he, he came to me and produced a film with me i don't want to see that i i feel very guilty if that happens so you not either you whether you are making a film with me or not you should be able to lose that money i cannot guarantee anything i tell them properly because i don't like being uh, uh, the reason for somebody else somebody else don't call so i tell them very clearly and also when i make a film i make sure that the producer as the as the as the whole money in the budget given in the budget is ready there and he will not keep it uh, he will not interrupt the production saying that when i have the rest of the money i will do the rest nothing of the sort these are the lessons i learned very early but i tell the producers also see nothing will happen to this world you know if i don't make a film but if i make a film and you lose money a lot of things will happen to you So you will become a, a, a terribly bad loser, and you will even cut me. I cannot be responsible for that. My earlier film, it may have earned a prize, an award, it may have got, uh, may have brought back the money and some profit, etc. 
but there's no, there's no guarantee for the next film I'm making. Never. So this is one great lesson I get. And then uh, another great lesson I've learned is never compromise. Never compromise. I've not done it. I've never compromised in my life. At least in making films, I've not compromised. So this one lesson I will learn, hard lesson I will learn, never compromise. Because I don't want to feel uh, uh, unhappy about what I did before. And I don't have, I don't want to have any regrets about what I did before. Every time I made a film, I made the best film I could make at that time. I put in my best efforts into it, my heart and soul into it. That's why I make my films. What did you unlearn in this process? This is called unlearning. So, you know, I always tell my friends the, 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 the knowledge of somebody um, having money and approaching you to make a film. That doesn't push me to make a film, not at all. I make a film only when I am ready with the script. Everything is ready. I, I, there have been instances when people ask me, why don't you make the next film, etc. I said, hold on, I am not ready with it. At one time, you know, the uh, Reliance people, they were producing a uh, films from different languages in different areas from Calcutta, from Bombay, from Karnataka, and Canada. So I was one of the first uh, people to be approached to, to make this film. Then they said that their, their uh, person who is financing the, the, the executive will come come down to Toronto. I said, I said, don't tell any, don't send any executive to me. I'm not ready with that project. It's nice that you are offering money to make a film, but I am not ready with that project. <laughs> what do we do with And then our 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 executive will come and discuss with you. I said, you know, there is no, there is no, nothing to discuss about. What will you? What will really discuss with me? I don't have a project with me. So others made the film because I, when I backed out, others did make the films. It may sound very foolish, but then that's a fact. <laughs> and 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 about the second last question was, uh, how do you how, do what, what do you think are the, was the reasons for the decline of the art cinema uh, in India? You don't call it art cinema. No? Really, uh, you don't call any art cinema or commercial cinema. Don't do that. There is no art cinema as such. See, uh, it depends on each individual who is making the films. You know, somebody may be making films the way he likes. 
somebody may be making films which he thinks others will like. This is, this is the big difference. That's why we say, you know, don't compromise, don't. So you have, you, when you compromise, you have to do things that you don't like to do. That is compromise. You, 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 you imagine by, by common consensus that certain things you put in this and these are elements that you put into your work and it will become popular. That's a big compromise. So no real filmmaker should do that. Just to hold on to his uh, conviction. It may, your life may not be that very easy. It will be hard. So much, Adul sir, for for answering these questions and for being in this conversation. You know, I got to learn so much uh, from you this evening, and I think all, all our viewers who are young people, who are young students, I have got a lot to learn from you from this conversation. I hope you enjoyed the questions. Oh, oh sure, sure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much, sir. And I look forward to meeting you. Uh, whenever I am in Kerala. For sure.